Welcome to The Last Draw, the art battle podcast where three creators battle it out each week in Procreate while discussing their favorite topics in comics, video games, and animation. This week's topic is... The Fifth Element. And now a very special episode of The Last Draw podcast to celebrate mental health awareness. Um, yeah, we can talk about it. Like, I'm not Let me tell you guys about, like, about psycho- psychosis derived from depression. Yeah, I mean, like, I like I know I, all about those I don't know, things. I don't yeah. know about you guys. Um, I mean, I'm going to be incredibly honest here. Like, I was diagnosed as clinically depressed um, about two and a half years ago. Oh. And uh, I was medicated for a long time. And I found that I didn't like taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, okay. and plus, like, it's hard to come by. And so, like, I decided that's one of the reasons why I decided to start working out. And it's to, like, right. you know, really take advantage of those endorphins. Mm-hmm. And, good. like, you know, it kind of stabilizes my mood and it gives me something physical to do right. uh, other than, like, the exhaustion of having to, like, go out. Because, like, like, it's it comes alongside my new my sobriety, which is going on a year now. Nice. Yay, congratulations. Um, so, thank you. Um, but, yeah, so, like, just the, the stresses of moving back to Atlanta, like, having all these responsibilities like including the show including like the stress mm-hmm. that i put on myself to like put out a new art piece every week mm-hmm. the like the idea that i'm going back to like a life that has gone on without me for the past decade you know okay. like because you guys have all moved on like I, like you're right. not the same people i'm not the same person right wondering what that's going to be like mm-hmm. um worrying about my job and all the paperwork and nonsense that's been going on with getting me transferred down has been incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and so like i realized that the only thing that i could control was like the phys- like i knew i could go to the gym and as stupid as that sounds and as much as i've made fun of people who have said things similar to that to me i could not do any work because it stressed me out Mm. I could not think about the move. I couldn't even like look for an apartment because the idea of it stressed me out to the point right. where like I just became immobile and everything except like oh, no. going to the gym. Like I literally couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. I was in bed by nine o'clock or ten o'clock every night. Okay. I I was doing no work. I I was I mm-hmm. I was in the middle of that uh, Goku piece I was working on and yeah. just quit because I got so yeah. stressed out that I was just like I I just can't do anything. Like, yeah. I, I knew it was going to be good. It was coming along. And I, I was just like, because mm-hmm. everything just sort of started hitting me like a tidal wave because it started to get more real. Mm. And so, like, like yeah. I was telling Sandy before you came on, Joe, like, I mm-hmm. started to realize why I did the things that I did, like, before I became sober. Like, like why I drank, why I went out all the time. Okay. Uh, it was because I did not know how to deal with my stresses. I did uh, not know how to deal with my anxieties about like, you know, future things or possible outcomes of, of things. Yeah. So instead I avoided them by like preoccupying my mind and preoccupying my body with other recreational things like going out and getting wasted, you know, like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And because I haven't done that in such a long time, I forgot that those were like things that I used as access for my triggers. Right. Mm. So now that I have triggers again, <laughs> now I'm like, what do I do? And you know what I did? I just shut down. <laughs> like I just your body just went. Like, it was it was just like, well, you can't do any of those yeah. things. Yeah. I mean, so I just started to kind of freak out, and and so like the only thing I could do was like sleep, and then I would right. exhaust my body so that I mm. could Good old sleep depression even more. So like yeah, yeah like it, and it I like I dropped the ball on everything like not just this I like I just when you guys said like let's take some time off I was like sweet and oh like, yeah I needed it too yeah like but like it was like I spent a lot of time like I as as formidable as I am and I know that mm-hmm. you've all seen me at my formidable like I 
found reasons to cry about shit that did not have reasons to cry about. I ruined a couple of friendships because I let my anxiety get the best of me where I made myself think that they did not like me anymore because mm-hmm. they like said something like looked at me weird or said something biting at like, like in response to something that I did where like mm-hmm. my stresses affected those relationships in the past few right. weeks. And so, cause like your reactions change when you're stressed out and when you're depressed. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so, oh, yeah. like, I would overreact to things. I would be hypersensitive to things. It just got to the point where I just didn't trust being around people. And so I just became mm-hmm. this very closed mm-hmm. off by myself, sitting alone. And you know what I did? I revert, because, like, the mind does weird stuff. And so the, my mind went back to when I was a kid. <laughs> and what did I do when I was a kid and I was stressed out? I played the fucking Sims. <laughs> like, I bought the Sims 4 and I was sitting Did the, you? I would sit in the dark. You went to your happy place. No, uh, no uh, uh, you have no idea. That's good, like, though. No, because, like, the Sims was, like, when I was alone, like, because, like, I would be made fun of for, like, being a fag, like, whatever. Like, people would say shit about And I would go in my basement of my parents' house when I was a kid. I would play Sims until midnight. And it was just like me controlling a family and making them do all these normal, like, like you know, domesticated things that were just mm-hmm. really, like, positive and funny and silly. And it was like oh, my, it. my do-over for the day. And, yeah. and it was – and so for whatever reason – I just was like, I should buy The Sims. I haven't played The Sims. You know, like, and, and it literally was just like this mindless thing that I could do in the dark it's in my so, room. No, and it was so, no. I get it completely. I get it completely. That's so nice because um, this past year, my anxiety has just been like spiraling and out of control with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. And just my not being able to control taking care of everybody like the way I always do. I just, oh, it was awful. But Mark kind of recognized that, my boyfriend, right away and said, you know, well, you used to really play a lot of video games. Whatever happened to that? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just got out of it. And so Robin had mentioned, my, my good friend Robin had mentioned, um, you know, have you played Animal Crossing? And I said, no, I've heard about it. My students were talking about it. So Mark like immediately just got me Animal Crossing on his Switch. And I got it and I started building the little island. And I've been (laughs) building it since like June of last year. And um, just uh, had some of my students look at it and uh, last night actually. And they were like, Miss Chamberlain, do you even realize you have a five-star island? Because I have these little like drooping lilies. And they were like, that's the only reason you can (laughs) get those these flowers. And I said, I didn't even know that. And I just felt so good i was like oh my little <laughs> island is so cute and i like took them all around did the tour and then i've also been playing um stardew valley because it's the same thing like like you were talking about with the sims where it's just you build this little farm and you, you fish and you go to yeah, the mines yeah, yeah. and it's little repetition things that make you feel yep. good about like yep. and it's so peaceful and so slow exactly and like it, it and was i just, just love it it was just so, and it calms such a me silly down. thing it makes i love me that. happy i love that yeah, for you i love him too what so about cool. what about you, Joe? Like, like, like how have you? Yeah, first of all, how have you been? I don't want to go like, are you yeah. depressed? Like, like, like that. Seems, that <laughs> have seems you been really having a hard time? That oh, really I'm always hard. depressed. <laughs> But we all, I think everybody has been stressed out. I mean, like, I, I think that um, now that it, everything's kind of like yeah. going back to normal, quote unquote, everybody's like sort of trying to go back to their normal lives. But we're yeah. all just Every, like, everyone we're weird is now. finding new ways to deal with yeah. their anxiety. Like yeah. everyone right. suffers um, from anxiety. Like I think that anyone that tells you that they don't is a liar. Uh, or or just like, a, has um, had it at some point in their yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe um, not severe, but I a little bit. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a number of alphabet soup things going on in my brain that uh, mm. that require different levels of uh, medication and, and cognitive mm. therapy and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. 
Well, good for you for being conscious of it all, though. Well, yeah, I, absolutely. That's great. The, the the big thing about it is, is that there's a there's definitely a difference between being aware of it and actually doing anything about it. Yeah, very, for a very, very long true. time. That's very true. <laughs> for a very long time, uh, I had used that as kind of a um, get out of jail free card in my own head for a while. For like and behaviors? For for behavioral issues yeah. and things like that. I mean I mean I'm not gonna lie, there is a there's a like many people who are afflicted with mental any kind of mental illness that are that tend to be either self destructive or outwardly destructive, there is a path of destruction behind them yeah. a lot of times because a lot of people aren't really taught to take the responsibility for that. You know, um, the concept of it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility is something that I had not always taken into consideration in a lot of the areas where I probably should have. Um, I've tried my best to kind of make amends to a lot of the people and to this into the situation to myself in that regards. Um, you know, obviously, you yeah. can't you can't fix everything, but um, yeah. it but is a matter try. of becoming responsible from that viewpoint i uh I and considering had, yourself responsible is the first step and all that yeah you know i it think really at a certain is, yeah. point um without getting too deep into what i was well don't uh, be afraid to get too deep joe like like, like no, 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 i feel well, like we always start down a path and then we we sort of censor ourselves a bit i like i try not to i try not to describe the details of life we'll call them maladies for simplicity's sake um I had I distinctly remember going to one of my first or second therapies, which I had never I had only had sporadically over I guess twenty twenty plus or maybe ten years, and this was a couple this is a few months before Ruby was born, and I had kind of made a decision to kind of see what I can do because there was definitely a um, self sabotaging thing going on, and you know there's a lot of life stuff going on that I wasn't wasn't able to manage yeah. I wasn't feeling myself even though you know I, it seems i hadn't really been myself in some time um i had to straight up ask you know am i this am i like this or is, am i this kind of person and the first thing he said is well, well you asking me like you're concerned is not is 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 proof that you're not yeah. I mean, you're here because someone probably called you that and you're concerned is that's yeah, because if, so if you if you were at, if you were like not if you were nonchalant um, about problems in your life, like you did not care, like I always say that that's the difference between selfishness and self involvedness. Is that like yeah. people that are selfish know that they're selfish and they don't care. People that are self involved yeah. just aren't aware that they're being well, selfish. There a, <laughs> well, there was a there was a distinct point to where a lot of the depression, clinical depression that I was that I was uh, um, experiencing was leading to further issues um that kind of more blend into the area of psychosis so mm. you know i had to i had to kind of really work the last couple of years to mend that and amend things with with uh in certain in certain ways yeah uh, mm. with myself with others yeah. things like that um the current position that i'm in and it's and it's important to denote that there are people that uh, have been in my life that have supported me in this endeavor and uh, I won't name them, but they know who they are. Um, and I thank them. Um, I think it's important that that support system was there because for a very long time I had 
given myself the opportunity to always fall back on the problem I was having instead mm. of understanding that it was a problem that could be solved. And that's a simplistic way to think about it. But understanding that there are, you know, I didn't get the opportunities to really help myself when I was younger for a variety of different reasons. But now that I was an older, I'm older and I'm an adult, I was able to kind of see if there were any ways that I could help myself. Um, for those of you who are out there, I'm 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 on the spectrum, so um, I have to think and and do things a little bit differently, lest I, you know, uh, run into problems. And this is a problem for a lot of people. You know, alcoholism, drug use, mental issues, things like that are very common. And they're not very well addressed in my, in in certain circles. So, having had, I, I I try not to use my kids as a catalyst for that. But it was an important decision part yeah. of me making a decision to change certain habits and and a lot. Yeah. You know, well, having um, something someone tangible that depends on you is a is a really yeah, like realistic reason to well, like it's have a big kind wake of, up call yeah too. to have a yeah. concrete reason to make a make yeah. a shift well uh, over time i was kind of already in that direction so it kind of acted yeah. as, as a catalyst to that but at the same time yeah i mean um i i, I used all manner of vice and and um, the depression kind of led me into a, a cynical uh, a cynical and a and a very dishonest streak uh, mm. which I, uh, I, I'm still coming to terms with in certain regards. Uh, I'm fortunate in that I've been able to, you know, you know, change the trajectory of where that was going because it was getting into a very, very poor direction. And, um, yeah, it's just been very, it's been very different. My, my outlook is a lot different, yeah. mostly because it comes from a lot of things in your past that maybe you didn't have the opportunity to, arrest or or come to terms with or find some catharsis in but um with a lot of effort i've been able to you know mitigate it manage it you know i'm i'm not on meds anymore for now same but, cross uh, fingers <laughs> oh well, good. i mean yeah i mean they work i mean for me it works i mean i i i use several different yeah. cocktails and and you know it took a little while to find something that could keep me chemically level because where i was at in my particular scenario was the brain chemistry of my head was was off it, it had gotten so bad for so long that it was you know my brain needed to be reset and mm. it required quite a bit and um you know it's it's it explains a lot of things that went on in some of the kind of the rougher parts of my of my experience yeah and Again, it explains it. It doesn't make it right. But at the same time, some of the things that, that were good that came out of it, but had not so great, you know, um, outcomes or, you know, everybody has those stories of like, you know, people who people or things that that cat that are catalysts for bad things or for, you know, motivations to do stuff. And finding balance was always a was an, was an important part of that. And, you know, that's it just comes down to just hunting for some form of not monotony, because I think you both know I'm not a I'm not that kind of person, but uh, making sure that what I'm doing is not at the is not at the expense of others yeah. because I gave myself mm -hmm. the excuse of having a mental illness. I well, think, I mean, yeah. like I like I want to delve into a little bit about like 
the gist of what you were saying, but what I, my takeaway from it was, and like, I feel like what we're discussing is when you're dealing with any sort of mental illness or, or um, mental illness diagnosis, or even just a feeling of depression that's undiagnosed, you have to then deal with the tools that you have <laughs> at your disposal in order to deal with the, the situation that happened while you're in that state. Like, I don't think I was given all the tools yet. that I needed to deal with problems growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it was like things that we just did not talk about and therefore you, like you have to take them on on yourself like i took on a lot as a little kid that was very different from everyone else not only in their family but in their school like 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 mm -hmm. like like I, i'm a child of the 90s so like there were no out kids in our school like you had to kind of become right. an academy award-winning actor you know mm -hmm. every day when you went to school like i always say like i put on my clothes and then i put on my costume you know and and then i walked out my door and so, like, I think that when you're doing things like that and you're so worried about what people think about you and your entire identity becomes how did people react to you um, mm -hmm. throughout the day, like, I stopped reacting to, like, I stopped knowing what my feeling was about myself, or at least I never even looked. So when it comes to dealing with problems, I'm a lot like Joe in the regard that, like, I probably can consider my entire 20s self-destructive <laughs> like like i yeah. like i know i met mm -hmm. i know i met you all during my 20s i know i did i accomplished a lot of really great things but the thing about accomplishing something great is then you have to let it ride and 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 keep rising within it and every time mm -hmm. i would accomplish something great i would destroy it I would throw it away. Like you guys like Oh, so you like you're self you're yeah. big on self sabotage. Yep. yep, yep. Oh, so yeah. like I mean look at me. Like I got all the way to the end of graduate school and then quit. Yeah. I got like I, I got all the way to like the senior design level of a fashion designer career and then quit. Like like I never let myself have anything because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to deal with having it. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the emotional um, maturity or the emotional strength to handle what came next after you accomplished the thing, the, the thing that's just based on the competition or, right, or the yeah. finishing the degree, like the things that are set for mm -hmm. you by step by step of how you do it. I could accomplish those things because there was already a path laid, you know, mm -hmm. like I already knew what to do. There was an, there was a syllabus and an itinerary and like, like I knew how to do the thing because someone had already laid out the bricks. But like right. when it came to once you're done with that laid out path and you have to then forge your own, I didn't know what to do. So my my philosophy was my my subconscious philosophy was burn it all down. <laughs> and and no. so like I didn't know that. I didn't realize that that was what I was doing. It took a lot of time, it took a lot of therapy, and it took a lot of realizing that it, like it's a hard thing to talk about because like when you realize that you're yeah. broken, like you have to not only like sit there and go shit, I'm broken. But then you have to figure out how the fuck to fix it. And that's the hard thing. Like mm -hmm. the first step of going like, okay, I'm broken. That feels like crap. I'm not going to label it this because that'll be more mm -hmm. on my plate. But like, what do I do then? And like, mm -hmm. when I realized, like, because I did not realize that I was an alcoholic. Like, I did not realize that I had all these other problems that mm -hmm. stemmed from like FOMO 
that stemmed from you know finding my um, my self worth in the opinions of others, like by going out and meeting people and dating and and you know like all the things yeah. that go along with that, and and that I put so much stock in myself and what those situations led me to, that mm -hmm. I never like looked at the positives of myself. I never considered myself attractive. I never considered myself smart. Like like I I always had self esteem issues. Because I never dealt with myself. I never really sat yeah. down and, and, and did anything positive mm -hmm. with myself besides eat food to stay alive. You know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, like, this whole path, like, and, and a lot of people, like, considered it, like, a, a bit self-involved. And I just, I looked at every negative thing in my life, mm -hmm. including people that were negative around me, including influences that were negative, people that mm -hmm. had led me down wrong paths, uh, situations environments that were negative like bars whatever i cut all that shit yeah. out <laughs> like i didn't know and it was a very cemented thing i went no all of you are gone because i could not mm -hmm. have because i realized that the negative the negativity mm -hmm. is as extra voice in your head and i yeah. can't afford any extra negative voices in my well, head you don't need outside uh, negativity exactly. at all i don't think anybody does so, no, absolutely but, but, i what, don't know if you've realized this yeah. but you you are a strong person asa and i've watched you over the years mm -hmm. and you have made so many attempts to kind of break the negative cycle yeah. you know yeah. and and honestly like you know just I it breaks my heart to hear you say these things about yourself because you're so beautiful and you're so loving and you care about mm -hmm. so many people and you're always the first one to drop everything and be like right there yeah. you know and you were yeah. that person for me and you know I always saw you as a very confident person and an accomplished it was a artist. facade I just always it was a facade figured, <laughs> well, but I always just figured Asa wants to try everything in the world, and he'll, no, it's that, he'll, it's that I, I he'll was afraid find of, I was afraid place. of making a decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, like my, my well, I'm, I'm glad I'm that you're recognizing you know, all this now, though, and sharing it with us. Well, because my, my humor, like as much as I love being funny, and as much as I think that that is a cemented part of my, uh, and I'm gonna let you finish, Joe, but like um, yeah, no, as much as I consider that a part of me. It, I really do hide behind my humor because I'm afraid that people won't like me. So I know that the biggest icebreaker and the easiest icebreaker to get people to like you is to make them laugh. Because mm -hmm. like when they're laughing yeah. at you, they're not beating you up. That was the first thing I learned in, in middle school. Yeah, that, so, me too. Oh my god, I was yeah. totally middle school. Yeah. I was like, okay, if I'm the funny one, exactly, and I get along with everybody in the in the school, yeah. like it all was the a, different it's a form of self Like no one's gonna mess with me. Yeah, yeah. no, so, absolutely. Like, and I've, I, and I've I think carried that far in into adulthood. Rough areas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> me yeah. too. <laughs> but what were you saying, Joe? I'm sorry. Yeah, Joe. No, no, it's it's fine. Hearing this is is interesting. Um, I think for a while, uh, was it after my hand injury and the subsequent consequences of of that, it became very clear that I had have uh, I started absorbing a lot of the rougher tendencies of my personality for a number of years, and then just went from there. I think at a certain point, I just decided I didn't want to squander a lot of the opportunities that I had kind of done in that period yeah. of time. I think with Ruby and some other subsequent relational relationship type stuff that came about at the end of the period, uh, end of this period. Um, I'm trying to think a person that I was with in my past in regards to this kind of thing kind of said like, Everybody can tell that you can do stuff, but no one can really believe in you enough because of your habits. 
to, to think that you're actually going to be able to do it. Like they can see you have the energy and the intellect, et cetera, et cetera. But your habits are just not going to allow you to do that. And and I can't trust you to do any of that. And then and then I got dumped. So, you know, I those kinds of that kind of repetition of that cycle kind of motivated me to kind of figure it out. It jarred you away. You know, well, I'm a person of, well, not so much that, you know, it wasn't some big cathartic moment. I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be like that later on, but um, it was a, I'm a person of patterns. But, you yeah. know, when I see a pattern, even if it's a long form pattern, once I recognize it, I try to disassemble it, especially if I yeah. don't care for I'm it. like that too. Like, I, yeah, I so, it takes me, no, but like, I, I would say like, I, I kind of quote Sansa Stark a bit and I just go like, I'm a slow learner but I learn. Yeah. And so yeah. like, I, like, I don't see my own behavior yeah. sometimes. I don't see like, I, yeah. for the longest time, I, think, I had yeah. no idea how biting I was. Like, I had no idea how my comments yeah. could hurt people. I was just like, I was just telling her the truth, you know, or I was just saying something that was perfectly logical. Well, but, I think like, the biggest thing is, <laughs> well, I think that's, you need to deliver it with a little <laughs> sugar. Right. Well, just I a think, tiny bit. And then it, so it doesn't feel like the knife's actually going in war. Uh, I, yeah. I think the biggest difference between Aza and I is I knew I was doing that. Yeah. And the depression oh. was such that you tend to lose your, what little of that I had already, um, you tend to lose that firewall that allows for, you know, being able to empathize or outwardly yeah. express those kinds of things. I knew how mean, anytime I was mean or anytime I was this or that or that kind of thing, I knew I was doing it. And what was tragic was it wasn't necessary. And yeah. that and knowing that it wasn't necessary continues that cycle over and over. So you, you tend to refuel by just um kind of renegotiating the rules every time you find a new place to be to be in with that type of behavior or that mindset yeah and once you start running out of stuff or you know something's not going your way a lot of people just continue the cycle and they end up you know friendless or whatever manner of whatever road they take but yeah. for me um i kind of I didn't, and to put it into like the comic book, you know, perspective, I kind of just didn't want to be that that dad character who was like that weird hermit who couldn't snap out of it and kind of find a little bit of balance. You know what I mean? Because at least in my life experience, that that was a real character. That was a person. Those were a lot of a lot of my friends whose dads were like that, or yeah. whose parents were like that, and you know. Yeah, just just they were okay with the cycle to a certain point, and they had found their explanation. And well, that, that's it, <laughs> like like a behavioral enabler. Yeah, it's true. like like I mean, and fam families yeah. can be enablers. I, well, no, like when people when people become used to when people become used to the way you are, yeah. and they stop commenting on it. Like I'm not saying mm -hmm. tolerating it. I'm just saying like being mm -hmm. able to be around. Like that's a form yeah. of enabling because like that means that they stop checking yeah. you. Because I I had a lot of self-destructive right. behaviors that no one would call out because like they just didn't want to make waves or they were piling up evidence. <laughs> like right. so like, well, like you know kind so of, like it had become yeah. almost and to it that makes point, it worse. Like think... the, the crime of an action yeah. is still a crime mm -hmm. when it comes to people that yeah. are suffering from like addictions, alcoholism. Like like um, yeah, problematic yeah. behaviors that and, are self-destructive. Uh, like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. What I'm saying is, is that at a certain point, I became my own enabler. Yeah. Um, oh okay. And I never, luck. Fortunately, I never went into like the real dark side where you know 
you know, feelings were hurt and things were had things mm. happened that that but no one got like you know that kind of thing where like people got really hurt or like dangerous yeah. stuff and you know uh fortunately i was able to stay away from that but it, a couple of close calls and you know a couple of here's the thing it was never the dangerous stuff it was never getting into fights or or getting into big you know, having wild times with like, you know, a girlfriend were yelling at each other or some some shit crazy cokeheads do all the time in Atlanta. It was like knowing somebody that was that was that you knew was you you two like cared about each other and that person literally going, I don't believe in you anymore. You need to leave. Yeah. And it was like those are mm-hmm. something like that. And that was that was recent. And it was very recent. And that's one of those things where like it was one of those things where even when you know you're doing well, you know you are now seeing the consequences as a person who recognizes how how crushing that yeah. is. Because somebody who's a self enabler shrugs it off or goes back to the thing. But when you're clearer and you and that history, that that type of that type of thing for somebody to say does not happen in a vacuum, nor does it happen instantly. It takes time, and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of small mistakes to pile up, and it takes a lot of effort to do that. The, the weight of that is only cast when somebody you care about and that you were working for or working towards or in this type of thing. And I'm not going to mention this person. I'm, I'm not going to yield attention because we're not, unfortunately no yeah. longer speaking. But to to have that person sit you down or to uh, or to make those words, you know, I love you, but I don't believe in you. Yeah. I don't believe, I don't think you can do this. And that's not something I ever want to say, but the, the person you're being right now doesn't make me think you can be that person that you think you can be. And that was the end of it. And, the, and, and, and that is all that's required, I think, for certain people to, to get, like I said, when you're used to danger <laughs> or when you're used to wild yeah. shit, that stuff doesn't affect you. It's when somebody who is your your calming force yeah, or something like yeah. that. The, the very, break very, that says, very like, true. Yeah. That is not, very true. Yeah. This yeah. isn't going to work anymore. And that, yeah. you, that, you find that is person. a, mm-hmm. to me, is a loss, you know, because it wasn't by the sword. It wasn't by anything crazy. It was, it was by the soft touch Just someone that you cared about. It was just by something that you just weren't going, weren't really going to expect. Well, here, like, I one, I didn't know that a lot of this was going on in your life, Joe. Like, you're, you, I'm not saying you're guarded. Oh, I'm yeah. saying that you self-protect your reputation in a very good way, in the same way, exact way that I do, which is I don't involve anyone else in my nonsense when there's nonsense. So, like, I always look picture perfect when I surround myself with others. Hmm. So, like, there, nobody ever well, well, like, nobody ever really knew what was wrong. What I'm saying is, like, your dealings with me and I am very far away. So, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the social media aspect of, li- of most people's lives is, is very positive, regardless of what they're going through. So, I think I missed out on a lot. But, like, but I know, but my point is, is that, like, what was my catalyst and and sort of the same way where it sort of not jarred me awake not not made me see the the negatives that i was uh i was pursuing but it was honestly my friends that i still had that were making accomplishments like and i'm going to use you three as an example like a lot of people have given up on me over the years a lot of people have stopped being my friends over there for various reasons some of it is my mouth 
when I'm drunk, when I was drinking, like some of it was my mouth when I was sober because I like, I was always dealing with anxiety and depression and anger about the way that my life was going based on the decisions I was making because of those bad actions. And a lot of people either walked away or fell away. And so like the friends that I did still have, I was watching them get the things that I should have been getting be like except for my bad decisions like i like how you all like mm. were getting in progressively in in positive relationships and you all were getting like higher rankings in your jobs and getting like more and more art produced on on your social medias that like i was not producing anything like i didn't think i, I drew anything for like almost three four years like maybe five and like and you all were getting better and better and i was still like i was i graduated very good but i stopped all of it so I was still in the exact same place that I was 10 years ago when I finished school and I, while I watched you all grow and so I watched all and the, my friends that stuck with me and like disregarded all my nonsense and like we're still people I could call on the phone people that yeah. I could still talk to about things mm -hmm. like you guys like I've called each of you individually and talked about stuff I've called each of you individually yeah. and we've had actual conversations about things and like a lot of people I don't have access to that way because of the things that I've done in my life, like because of the things that I've said to them or because of like my overreactions or the way that I cut them off when I was going through depressional bouts. And the fact that you all stuck around, not only like, you know, joined a show with me, <laughs> and let, but like actually were ears, like, and were sort of witnesses to the, 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 the reason why I wanted to get sober and, and were witnesses to the reason why I wanted to deal with my depression and, and get on medication for it and, and figure out something positive to do with all this creativity that I have and all this humor that I have. That was an, like enough to not to put a lot of weight on you guys, but to keep me going and to keep me sober and to keep me advocating for myself every day to the point where now it's self-sufficient. Now it's within me and, and only within me. But at, in the beginning, when you're taking your first steps, you do need something to hold on to. And so I think that it is important to note that like, in a lot of ways, like you guys were that anchor for me in the beginning. I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep at it. Like I can't, I can't drink because I have to do these pieces for, for the show with these guys. And I have to be like, there, we're going to talk about shit, you know, like, like stuff like that. Like I'm being excited. Like, so, cause like I was going through the, the motions of, of my sobriety and I was really anxious about starting the show. And so I stressed all you guys, like, but sorry, not you, Errol, not you right there at the beginning, but like, I, 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 I no, no, but like, I, I stressed Sandy and Joe out so hardcore because, because I was, I was texting them and like bothering them. Cause I just, I needed, I needed I something. Like, I just needed something. I needed something to to hold mm -hmm. on to and I needed something that cuz I like there's a point where in the beginning like when you're when you stop all your vices all at once that sobriety can feel like you're drowning in it because it, like honestly it's boring it's and, and 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 you and you don't know who to yeah. trust and all your other people feel like triggers like you can't go to any parties like you can't do Well and going that it's so much easier just to Yeah fall and back no, and no like it's, it's it's hard, hard depending on who you're around to yeah, yeah. So it, you, it is, and it's hard choosing yeah. to be clear and having to deal. And with so, all like, your yeah, shit. it really is, because then you're like, oh, I feel everything, and, and you know, everything and, hurts, and, and all this your feelings sucks. come rushing back, like all, all the, th all, all the numbness that, that you had, you start feeling it back all at once, like the same. It's the same thing, like when you quit. 
or the yeah. la- the or like when you quit numbers. smoking mm-hmm. and, and right? then your taste buds come back mm-hmm. it was like that for me like my brain got rewired and i started having to like mm-hmm. feel everything again and i was like i i need yeah. something like on it like I, let's just be honest like i might have come up with the show to deal with my anxiety about being sober that's, well, not, that's what you need though common, like though. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not an great. uncommon thing yeah. to happen. Either. Because I, I, I needed I needed to create something and I needed it to be joyous. And like I had like these two friends that always made me laugh and always made me think and that I really enjoyed talking to. And they all had interesting point of views. And so like I, I knew that there was something there. And so like it wasn't really about the show. It was about positives in my life. And, and, and so like I... I'm incredibly grateful to you guys for that. Not to make it lofty, but like I also, oh, I also like wanted to acknowledge how friendships can be that when you don't have anything else. Like, like it is not just us talking and laughing together. It actually is like things that people don't realize that they do for others. Like people, like like answering the phone is a very powerful thing. Like not that I'm judging you guys for not answering. I'm just saying that like when there's something important to talk about we've always been able to talk like each and every one so like that's that's why yeah. i always ask i ask everybody i'm like because i'm always so yeah like, you know i'm always doing a bunch of things at once i'm always like wait a minute yeah is it an emergency because if it yeah, is yeah. And I, and, I, and I know that a call, but if it's and, not, and, like, and more often than not it's not an emergency yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always have to ask and I don't do that I know. with just you I do that listeners they do not answer yeah. they do not answer my phone calls <laughs> <laughs> You well, need time. Yeah, like, you need I mean, to be in the right mind space and you need to take your own time and not have other distractions when you need to be real with somebody. And, you know, and you know me, I get so many pings on my phone yeah, from just teaching same. and all just all the stuff that I do. I keep my phone on silent constantly because if I even leave my phone on and it, now that I'm going back into the classroom, if it goes off, I have a thing in my in my class. I say, hey, we're here in this three hours to yeah. work on our stuff when the kids come to my class. And I, I just tell them, just yeah. turn your phones off. Just leave them in your thing. Unless unless somebody's in a hospital or dying, leave your phone in your purse or your bag or whatever. And yeah. let's get to business. And so if my phone's going off, that, that yeah. sets a bad example. Uh, like, uh, don't, don't, don't worry about it. I just don't ever <laughs> don't turn it back on. I, I this was not, I this was not a flogger. Like, like, this oh. was not a shame. I don't have a shame bell. Like, oh, I, I, like, oh, it's okay. You can you can have a shame belt. Well, like, but the circle back to the thing, like, and it's there's something to be said about just thinking about people that are like in a positive light in your head. Like, there's people that are negatives or that are triggers mm-hmm. or that are that are bad influences, and you know where the, that that file that those people occupy in your head, and you know those people that you have to get away from when you're escaping something like mm-hmm. depression or 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 um, alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever. Like you have to find the people that are the light at the end, not the darkness at the beginning. And and you do start associating people that way. <laughs> you still go like, no, I like I am not answering that bucker's phone call. So like, when I do that, <laughs> and I and I start making those those um, uh, assim- like what's the word associations, um, it's nice to know that like the three of you have kind of been that like like we're like whenever like. It's always positive. It's always creating something. It's always doing something like like how like Sandy's with a Sifa. Like like Arrow's always doing something with concept art and building a portfolio. And like we're always like kind of critiquing each other. Joe is always making something or like giving this amazing view of his family life. You know, like things like that that are just positives to look at, like positives to hear about. And like that's where when you're struggling, like and you don't really have 
much to hold on to besides like just the little things that you can do every day to keep yourself sane. Like it's nice to know that you have those things and you can actually just kind of like make make those yours for a second. Like that's kind of the way that I like th that's the tool that I use. I sort of just took those on to myself, like whatever positives you all have going on. I would just try to be a part of them in little ways. And then those became like the things that I did instead of going out and having a drink or instead of going out and doing something stupid, you know, like, like, like you know, like, so like, I that's that. like, I, I wanted to let you guys know, like, that. that's yeah. like sort of the toolkit that I makeshift made <laughs> like at the beginning. And so like deal, my well, heart's well, no, like, just, no, but like right just now. dealing My with goodness. depression again, because like Errol, like Errol just went through a big move. Not like not that I'm telling your story, but like I'm I'm about to do that same thing. And the the anxiety mm -hmm. of it sort of catapulted me back into where my depression was um, about six, seven months ago. And so like I got kind of apathetic to do anything other than just kind of like lay around and not like, like and because I didn't know how to deal with like going back to old, old places where I had, because all we did after we were pretty much done with school, like in Sandy and Joe Contestas, is drink and do God knows what else. So like, I like I, the idea of going back to that, where like, I, there's a lot of people that are still associated with those things. Like the city itself is associated mm. with those behaviors. It stresses me out. But I think that this is such a fun opportunity for you that when you do come back to Atlanta to, you can never yeah. erase things, right? But you can say, I'm going to start new and I'm going to be the person I am today and make Atlanta what it is now and not let myself be drugged back into the past because the past is gone. It's over. You know, it's, it is what it is. Make amends where you can. And if you can't, and that's fine, then that's not really yeah. somebody you need in your life. Well, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not just, it's now. not just make Atlanta the, a good place. the, like the people, yeah. like I, I, no, no, like it's the it's areas. The, I was looking at all of our old photos of because I was like I I kind of was thinking about Atlanta mm -hmm. and I I went through Facebook and I and all of the photos that we took together, like when we were uh, when we were running around Atlanta, I was drunk. I I was drunk at all of them, bro. <laughs> like like I was just, like I was drunk at every <laughs> single fucking photo. Like it, I, I, yeah, I recently did like, a geez, Facebook man. dive to that era. I was like, wow, I'm. Yeah, like all of them. Like, 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 no, like art. I'm usually pretty good. Yeah, at like, exactly. Like, yeah. And it's so funny. And I was the one that always had like the big cup yeah. of water at the Highlander. I was just like, I have no money, but I'll just sit here yeah. and drink with well, you. Well, no, like, I mean, like, I was I nominated. The, uh, I was nominated for artist. I had the of the year. Uh, losing hold of reality yeah. stare. Like, like those those yeah. artists of the year uh, for the Raw Awards that like are some of the last photos that we all took together. Like where Joe is there and said, so, like, wasted, yeah. wasted. Yeah. Like, 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 and, and, I, and I was just like, this is terrible. Like, I was just like, is this what my life's going to be like? Yeah. Like, and I was like, no, I was like, so like, I, no. just, I just had to like, no. kind of just like click it away and just go like, oh my God. You know, like it was, it was, but the, but, but then, well, you're older no, now I know I, I'm old and my bones hurt, but like one, like one, one cool thing that happened <laughs> was that like, for whatever reason, after I clicked that away, um, Disney Plus has a way of sneaking movies in on you when you're done with other movies. So they'll start other movies. And so, and so like, yeah, fucking Pocahontas came on. And of course, like, no, like, the, the one, to, my one takeaway from that was you can't step in the same river twice. And, 
Yeah, and so and Super and honestly, and I was just like, you know, God damn it, when things happen, like like you know, like life has its way of giving you the things you need. And I probably was, I probably reached in so the movie sweet. and found that nugget for myself because I needed it. But like at the same time, I I do think some yeah, things are apropos, and, and so I was just like, wow, okay. So like yeah. that was kind of a good takeaway. The all all the working out I do is basically 100% the replacement for all of my vices. <laughs> like like it's it's what. It's it's one it's no it's one of those weird things where like no like I mean like literally like though. when I break my body like because like when I don't know if you all have ever suffered from a hangover one once or twice but, in my no, life but like but like I but like I I no. when I break my body <laughs> down awful. like because I don't really consider it working out I consider it like break like exhausting myself and and kind of getting to the point where like my body can't do anything else except go home because like that is the thing that I can do to 100% make sure that I don't do anything stupid, but also like, it's the one thing that I can control because my body is doing it. It's sort of like I I can puppet my way through doing these, like lifting these heavy things that way. Like I know that my hand, like the idle hands are the devil's playground. I know that my hands won't be so bored that they'll reach for a drink. Like, so like that's, that's my way of taking control over myself. Cause I remember there were very many times when I would be like, like going like i'm not gonna drink today i'm not gonna do anything today and then alcoholism would take the wheel <laughs> and it would be driving my car <laughs> like i would be sitting there like i don't want to like and i would be driving my car to the liquor store dude like and i would be sitting there going like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i don't want to do this and i would literally be driving my car to the liquor store and like that is that is a very very powerless and horrible feeling that i never want to experience again mm-hmm. and so like that's why I'm so thankful that I have working out and why, why I go, I pretty much go six days a week now. I don't even go five. I go six because like, I just don't like sitting around anymore. I don't like being lazy anymore. I don't like, like the, anything that replicated the way that I used to feel when I was like drinking all the time and laying around all the time. I don't like doing it. It just feels wrong. Like it feels like, like a back there old me kind of thing. So like it's ve- it's very funny that all the things mm-hmm. that I associate with that old lifestyle like gross me out now. Like they just make me like uncomfortable and and like I don't know, but like I really did. I'm happy with my 180 and I am really I like just forgetting everything else and just going like I am an artist. I am going to do this. I am going to just sharpen my skills and start from mm-hmm. the beginning. There's something about starting over and doing the going through the motions of starting a thing yeah. over again. That really does make it so that you can have feel like you have a clean slate in your head. Like, I feel like I've started over. Yeah. Well, and not to have imposter syndrome. Everyone kind of goes through imposter syndrome. Like, you know, everyone's like, yeah. it, am I fooling everyone? Like, I can't really be this person. Everybody, especially artists, I feel like we go through this in multiple kind of wheelhouses all the time. Life has a way of just sort of like, Making sure you, I, I always say that like whenever I would feel a lot of anxiety about like wherever I was or what I was doing, because I, when I was uh, in my mid twenties, we moved from LA to Atlanta because my mom was ill and wanted to be with her family, and in my mind I was like, well, I'll go out there, maybe I'll get a graduate degree, and then I'll I'll always come back. I'll just go back to California. This is just a a blip <sighs> in my life. Well, recession hit. Yeah. I grew roots. I grew friendships, and I got I got, I always joke that I say I got stuck here. But, you know, I, I feel like 
once you sort of let go and you realize that you're existing in the place that you need to be in for whatever reason at whatever time, good things will yeah. just start happening. And you, if once you sort of let go, but you have to let go for the for that to sort of start happening. So and, and it's fun and like right when you think everything's going to come crashing down. Life has a way of going like, well, this door. go through this door, see what's going on over here. And then you're like, oh, there's something. Yeah, um, like I'm going to I'm going to and I'm going to you know. try and shift this now. Like, like, like that was a beautiful conversation, you guys. Yeah, um, I'm very hot. I think that we all open up. And I think we're all are in really, really good places. You know, like I think that we've all kind of transitioned from from one thing to another whether it was like in the past few months or over the past few years i think we've all had our own journeys and i think that's wonderful um so congratulations to all of us for like find finding our way through it and if anyone um that's listening um ever feels like you need someone to talk to or you're going through anxiety or depression reach out to someone like there are people that listen like do not hesitate to talk Seriously. about going yes. through these things because these darknesses are not just yours like like other people are in your life so You're like I, that is the biggest lesson Everybody. that i learned i'm yeah. sure we've each of us have learned that in our own ways is that like the reason why like we have the ability oh, to communicate 100%. is because we should so like i'm 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 very adamant about mm -hmm. everyone uh reaching out to someone if you are ever battling with anxiety or depression and making sure that you know that mental illness is not your fault and it is something that can be helped. So, 100%. Right. Yes.